Gamer Grudge, the show where fighters battle it out and debate all things gaming. Here's your host, the gaming guru himself, Mr. Mac Pool. Yeah! What's up? I'm back. I'm back. Um, sorry, guys. We started a little late, but we're back, and I'm Mac as the host of Gamer Grudge. And um, I like I always do. I always got to start with um, introducing my co-host, my human cheat code, Cal. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be back. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm glad to be back as Judge. Um, Joe, Joe Davis, love you. Love you. Um, uh, also, Corey's coming back, so don't worry about that. Uh, but um, but we have now, but today we're without Nicole, sadly. She's great. She was a great fat checker. Um, we we um, she, we're we're not going. We're not now. Just let you know, we're not replacing Nicole because Nicole can't be replaced. So to take off from Nicole, we got Tom Road Raider Zambino. What's up, Tom? I have come here to chew bubble gum and check facts, and I'm all out of bubble gum. All right, cool, 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 cool. All right. Well, with that said, um. We have our we have our fighters, so we're gonna start. Um, these guys, three of these guys, one of them is fixing something at the moment. He's fixing his um, internet in the moment. He's gonna get it back up. But um, we're gonna have um, we have one of these guys. This is one guy who literally fought from the bottom and got here. Um, he really loved, and this is a guy that loves Howard the Duck. Um, I don't know why. We always gotta mention that fact. Yes, we do. We do. <laughs> Um, he's the man known as TJ. TJ, what's up? What's going on, everybody? Glad to be here. And Howard the Duck is an underrated gem. Okay, cool, cool, great, 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 great. All right, and um, and coming into the next on the panel, he is uh, he is he's fought hard to come in this fight, and he's finally here. Um, we have. Um, Luke Christ, I'm not saying it right, Luke Christ, um, aka Edward, what's up? Hi there guys, Luke Christ here, it's Chris, okay, it's Chris. Like, it's Chrissy, oh, okay. I'm here guys, how's it going? What's up? Alright, also we have Corey, but right now he's fixing <laughs> his internet, so he, he'll there. be here, he's here, okay, he's here, God, he's back, he's back, okay, uh, he came right on time too. <laughs> Next on the panel, we have uh, a guy who <laughs> said that Minecraft is the sorriest game ever. Corey L. Williams. And he Hello, won the people. game doing so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Corey, what, what you, you got to say, man? Uh, I'm happy to be back. And uh, I'm going to lose hard today, so. Let's get ready for that. <laughs> he always does say that. Equal chance. Yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind. So today we do have it's a special episode because all three of you have one of your respective episodes to come here to battle for a special prize that we'll announce before the PvP round. But make sure you fight your hardest because this prize is definitely, definitely worth it. And it could be something to do with the car because we have Tom Zambino here, and he works at Ford, so he might be giving out cars. Who knows? He might be giving out cars. Also, it might have something whoa, to do whoa, whoa. with this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. I work at GM, sir. <laughs> oh, General GM. Motor. Sorry. Oh, man. Yeah, it might be a car. It's a car. But... It's a car. 
it's a car. It's a car. It's not this. It don't have nothing to do with the skull belt right here that I will have fixed up. I mean, yeah. The reason why I said Ford is because I sent you that meme. That's why. <laughs> All right, Cal. We can't start the show without giving out the rules. So, Cal, what are the rules? Okay, so here on Gamer Grudge, we have four rounds where you get one question each round. The point is awarded at the end of the round to the fighter who has the best argument. The two fighters with the highest point total at the end of four rounds move on to the head-to-head PvP round. In the case of any ties, uh, there's a tiebreaker that's implemented if the two or more fighters are tied after four rounds. That could be either a take cover or a plot twist, usually due to uh, a result of a coin toss. Talking about the, fo- the, the phases per round, phase one is your introduction, so each fighter will briefly state their answer, that's all they have to do. Phase two is your declaration round, where each fighter will be given two to three minutes to argue for, for their answer, and they're individually answering this. There will be no interruptions. Phase three is the round where you'll be a total of five to seven minutes between the three of you to either bolster your own argument or knock down an opponent's argument, and that's the round we call the grudge. And finally, we have our phase four, which is the cleanup round, where we'll have a fact check. Mac will then judge, and then we'll have go to our Twitter poll and see how the people out there in the community voted. Okay, cool. All right, all right, guys. The rules already said. Are you ready to grudge? Not the slightest. No. Yes. Woefully underprepared here. Uh, okay. Well, you're gonna grudge anyway. <laughs> All right, Cal, with our first question, and I got to get my bill. So round one, the question is, what is the best Resident Evil game? And I'm going to start with TJ on this one. This wasn't a hard thing for me to answer because this is my favorite video game of all time. Uh, It's probably what got me really into gaming back in 98 when I was – Pretty fairly long. I've, I've done the Sega Genesis and Nintendo. Just state the answer, this please. Is the one that got me involved. I saved it from school, and I was sick, and I just had to play this game. And it was <laughs> Resident Evil 2. Thank you. Okay, cool. All right. Cord, what is your answer? I picked the very original, the very first, and still probably the best Resident Evil. Okay. If that's what you think. Okay, uh, Blue Chris. Got it right, did I? All right. <laughs> What's your answer? My answer was probably the one that I actually used. Uh, my, I, let's play. Wow, I cannot talk right now. I'm so sorry for that. I'm so sorry. Uh, that would have to be Resident Evil 4. Good game all around. The first one that actually gave me some good, decent scares. All right, cool. All right, with your answer, now we're going. This is, the, um, this is your declaration round. Each of you will be given how many minutes, Cal? Three minutes. Two to three minutes. Depending on two to time. three minutes. You have to argue. Give your answer right now. You know, just basically explain. Argue so I'm going to start. Answer. Yeah. Well, you're going to argue? No, not, not. they're going to argue their Make own an answer. Make an argument for your answer. Okay. Yes. All right. Make it short. All right. I'm going to start the way I started it. TJ, you're first. You got it. So Resident Evil 2 kind of introduced this whole different type of gaming that Resident Evil 1 introduced with the survival horror aspect, but this was more cinematic and more movie felt and just like every cutscene. It has probably some of the best cutscenes you're ever going to see in any video games ever. Um, from the very beginning with um, Leon Candy driving down in a Jeep and seeing just um, a little girl eating um, 
human being and stuff like that. Then also it comes um, to be an expanded game compared to the first one and Resident Evil 4, which I'll get to later. But the first one was very, you know, very condensed and it was a very small atmosphere. And this one you got to travel an entire city that was infected with this T-virus where the entire city was were zombies. So from the very beginning, you're a rookie cop set in this very small survival aspect where there's limited ammo, there's limited health. And you gotta just kind of use your 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 mind at the same time as you're, you're you're all over the place. You can go from being in a bar in the very beginning to the police station down to the sewers. It's it's a huge game and a very great story um, behind it compared to the other two. Um, this has a really strong plot and a great antagonist. Um, and at the same time, you can also characters that have their own unique storylines and Claire Redfield and Leon Candy. Leon Candy being the rookie cop that just stated before and Claire being her brother which was a star special ops guy Chris Redfield which you'll learn from the very first one which you'll learn with her storyline and um, this little girl that she comes and meets Sherry and just a great story in this huge game but at the same time it is Every corner you turn and monster you come in contact with, not just zombies, but this this introduced the liquor, which that one cutscene with it on top of the ceiling is one of the most iconic you're going to see in any cutscenes from PlayStation to uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox, even the, like the next gens and all that stuff. One minute. This game, this game across the board brought a lot to the table, which the other two didn't whatsoever. Um, it's like a strong strong storyline and a heartfelt storyline with the daughter sherry and her father and what was injected into her and stuff like that um and at the same time it, it, it idolizes the um or the the puzzle aspect of the game which is the first one um to to almost a t of being perfect um it, it's kind of hard to find a game where you can do this puzzle and terrifying at the same time you're trying to you're trying to hold ammo and shooting zombies like there's control or actually it's not hard to control it. it's really easy to control what looks like such a hard way when you're shooting zombies through these weird corridors and angles and just the sound of something crawling around the corner you don't know if it's on its hands and knees if it's upright if it's one two or it could be a liquor coming around the time corner. time in this game all right Chris. oh not look chris um corn resident okay. one go all right first of all i'm gonna just throw it out there that that Resident Evil was the first one. We owe all this crap to Resident Evil 1, which doesn't in itself make an argument. Second, Resident Evil keeps being remade. Resident Evil 2 has never been remade. And I know some people are going to be saying, yo, that's, that means that they did it right the first time. It's like, no, nobody just wants to remake it. Um, <laughs> also, Resident Evil has all the things that Resident Evil 2 had. And even, to a certain extent, Resident Evil 4, later on. Um, and it's just... It's just... They, they smacked a new coat of paint on the sequels, and they sent it out up until Resident Evil 4. I'll get to Resident Evil 4 in the group. But... Uh, there's also the matter of dialogue. Everybody remembers the clunky dialogue from Resident Evil, and yes, you can say it's bad, but it's also quotable. Also, uh, the... The uh, the attack and like the the way you dot guns and down the corridors, which he's claiming for Resident Evil Two, came from Resident Evil One. 
That's where it came from. And sorry, I'm begging on your game, man. I'm <laughs> so much. Um, but but I I just it always seemed to me that Resident Evil Two was just a structural rehashing of Resident Evil One. With Resident Evil Four, you got you got a uh, you're actually killing people. Like we were supposed to be killing zombies here, man. And while that is something new, and there was the whole moral choice in Resident Evil Four, I get that. That's that's good. But Resident Evil Four, I mean, I couldn't even find it interesting. I couldn't even. I tried playing it, and I couldn't get into it. And that's that's unique to me. Of uh, that's my focus. But but it's just I I could never get into it because I didn't One I didn't evil games to shoot people. And that's pretty much it for me right now. Okay. Sorry, love the bill. All right. <laughs> Who, Chris? Before I get into why my game is good, I gotta ask. This is the part where we're supposed to argue for ours, right, and not rag on the other guys's. Exactly. Oh, I'm that's sorry, what man. I thought there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Really. Anyway, okay. uh, for my game, uh, Resident Evil Four, that is probably the one that really got me interested in the Resident Evil series to begin with. Other than the uh, movies, which got really crappy along the way, but that's a whole different argument that I'm not even going to get into. With uh, Resident Evil 4, though, you have pretty decent um, animation, pretty decent uh, graphics, all that stuff. A lot of good uh, quick timing. Again, really good stuff. But one of the things that I really absolutely love about this game is it's not total divergence, but it's branching out into different areas of the world of Resident Evil. Yes, you have the Umbrella Corporation and their and, and their evilness and all the zombies and stuff. But I, I'm pretty sure I made this argument before. But there's not there's never just one evil in the world, and this game proves that the, while evil is that evil can take many different forms and spring up in many different areas. What I really do like about this game is that the Lost Plagas. It's a form of mind control and zombifying as well, because if you saw, if you, you played it too, so you know that the minute you blow their head apart, you get a splur of blood and a thing up on, out of their neck. So that's a really good thing. It's really, it gets some good, decent scares too. And it makes you wonder, again, moral dilemmas. What am I supposed to do? What's the right choice here? And then you also have more of a sense of danger into it as well, seeing as how you're also infected with lost bloggers and you run the risk of losing your mind. Now, one of the things I really do like about this game is the idea of hidden evil organizations. Not the in-your-face, but these evil religious sects like um, the, the uh, Los Illuminados. That is a really, really awesome idea to have a, this undercover cult going in and trying to rule everything. It kind of spells into today's role, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> now, again... Now, if people bring in the monsters, like, oh, these are the best monsters. I'm just going to say, I love all the monsters from Resident Evil. One minute. But one of the best things are the monsters in these games. They're so unique and varied. I mean, when you say you have a dominant right hand, this game kind of means you have a dominant right hand. Not to mention it has some of the creepiest characters I've ever seen. Like the little midget guy. Yes, he, he built his own freaking robot self. But you get more to Derek character with uh, Leon, the president's daughter. It's just a really good game. It's good for you know bringing things together. It's good. It's scary. Good fun. The characters are a joy to watch, and I do enjoy playing this game. I guess you're done. Um. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I love that bell. That bell bell. All right. 
With that said, uh, all right, people, now is the time where you can start killing each other. So when I ring the bell, you may slaughter, maim, and do whatever the heck you want. All right, guys. Grudge. Bring it on. I know you're coming after me. I want to jump right into this. I'm gonna, first, I want to go in Resident Evil 4 really fast. So if anyone's ever watched this show knows that Leon Candy is very – I've argued for him multiple times – but Resident Evil 4 takes place six years after Resident Evil 2, which he's a rookie cop in a regular rank Raccoon City Police Department. He's probably going to get hazed if none of that zombie stuff happened. This is six years later. You're telling me that the government has taken this guy and sending him to get the president's daughter from Spain, from the Las Plagas and wherever that is. At the same time, it's a really clunky game. It's back control system. It has that laser vision on the pistol. And, like, you walk and you're, you're aiming – at the same time, it, it kind of ruins any aspect of what Resident Evil was, which was a horror survival game. Yeah, I was going to make that very same points point. to it, and there's points to it, but like it's more of an action game. Like you're you're jumping, building window. You're taking on like hordes of these people that aren't zombies at all. They're just they're this this new little this breed of the uh, the, the Las Plagas. And they're, they're called the Las Ganados, known as the cattle in Spanish, which is really just, just out there. And it, it's, it's got really weird dialogue, and it just kind of ruins the zombie cannibal aspect of the game, where these are just actual people and farmers, which are all repetitive in their looks and what they're holding, what they come out with, and they all look exactly the same. Resident Evil 1. Set okay, I'm going to have to stop you right there a that. little bit. I'm sorry. I, yeah. just I, I got something to say about Resident Evil 4 before you trash my game. Yeah. Okay. okay. If I may, or, you go ahead. You go ahead. You bring it on, and then I'll defend myself after that. Yeah, it's just a short little thing. Uh, the the Illuminatos, the Lost Illuminatos thing, feels more like a plot element from the Silent Hill movie than it does from a Resident Evil game. Okay, okay. that's that's it. You can okay. you can Fair you enough. can. Fair enough. And yet, and yet, the idea of the Lost Progress, the idea of the Lost Illuminatos, continues through the other games and also into the movies. It's 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 such a good it was such a good idea. It was such you're a not helping the argument by introducing to the, the other movies. It. Not only that, I'm just movies, say, so doesn't help. You know what I mean? I'm just going to say that's a Resident Evil is a virus game, not a zombie game. When you get down to it, it's all about a virus or a bacteria or something, which the Lost Plagas follow in that aspect. It's not exactly zombieing, but it's still it, fall, it follows the same wait rules. Did, wait a minute. When now did, we're going to get to the, like. When did viruses cause well, like mind any control? Type of zombie game, but but I understand that. But any type of zombie game doesn't. Resident Evil specified in the G and the T virus. There's anything like the Lost Plague exists. Yeah, Resident no, 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 not, not Resident, not Resident Evil. The Umbrella Corporation that? specified in the T and G virus. There, are, like I said before, there cannot yeah. just be one big villain. Yes, there. The Umbrella is probably the biggest villain, and they do make a small cameo at the end with Ada Wong. But they are not the only evil people out there. Once something gets out there, like an idea, or, again, virus, they, people will tend to try and use it for themselves or try something similar, like with the Lost Plagas. Now, are they zombies that, don't, that, that, that lose the idea of uh, you know, just brains or flesh first? Yes, they don't have that. But here's the thing that they do have, the moral questioning. Now, when I, when I say this, I mean, how, why do, you, should, do you kill these people because of they're being controlled? And you don't have a choice. You don't really have a choice. On their hands. You don't have a choice. You have to kill these people, but at the same time, yes, they're giving you that, the also killing it, real it, people. It gives you the question. Inside the, I'm talking about the characters. Inside the characters, they know that these people are being controlled, and yet there's nothing that they can do to stop it unless they kill the big baddie. But in this case, they have to fight or else they die. And now that brings and they get their head explode and giant. into things. 
Just and like again, Resident Evil. There's no questions. It's like you're, you're too cerebral with it. Now let's go to Resident Evil 1 real fast. Like Resident Evil 1, set the bar. That's great. It did the whole thing. It's very like, like the graphics for being 96 and Resident Evil 2 being two years that, pretty bad. And like at the same time, you go to cutscenes. Resident Evil 2 has the best cutscenes. Resident Evil 4 has very like painted cutscenes where it's just either like someone throw, flying through a window or someone throwing a Molotov cocktail through some. Resident Evil 1 uses really bad live action. Yeah, but cutscenes lazy writing in with Japanese voiceover in the very beginning of that game where people were just like, it was cuts and then a dog's attacking and then it just kind of cut off like that. And like, that was the only cutscene. I think like the only memorable cutscene in Resident Evil 1 was the, the, the zombie when they first saw a zombie, it turns its head over its shoulder. And the Resident hunter. Evil 2, but incorporating an entire city. You got, you got the Umbrella Corporation job, jumping, dropping a tyrant into the city. G virus that's been hidden by the, the captain of the police a great subplot of the entire story where your guys' stories like are very clunky. Like, like I said, they're not going to send Leon Kennedy to get the president's daughter because she was kidnapped. The fact that she was kidnapped in the first place, taken to Spain is kind of out there. And then Resident Evil 1, the okay, story just needed to, to be uh, there. I'm sorry, I'm not to argue that, that they wouldn't, they would not send uh, Leon Kennedy. I'm sorry. I think they would actually. He's Me uh, too. Prove that he could survive in the, some of the worst situations ever. And what they need, they need at that point is someone who could survive those situations by himself because they probably couldn't send so many people at once or else it'd look a little bad. So, yes, I think they would send Leon Kennedy because he was specialized. He knows how to survive in un, un, uh, He's not specialized. He lucked out in one. He lucked out in something that he wasn't supposed to be part of, unlike the actual stars operatives like Chris Redfield, which you get in Resident Evil 5, who was actually a, a, like a seasoned vet. This guy was a rookie cop. Six years after that, who just fell into a and situation yeah, he still survived. He, he still survived Raccoon City. He's a rookie cop, and he still he's, he's a rookie cop, and he still survived with Raccoon the help of Claire Redfield, which you yes, get and then with Resident Evil Two. Six, six years later, six years later, that means he was more experience, more training. Or was he? Well, so with his luck, here with any additional training that he would have gotten, I think they would. I think they would send him in. And then Resident Evil 1 is like a Ridley Scott film where there's like five different endings to it to where there's like one ending where the mansion blows or there's one ending where two people survive and the mansion blows or the one ending where one Oh, because Resident Evil 2 didn't blows. have more than one it's, ending. It's just all over. Because Resident Evil 2 didn't Resident have more than one ending, man. Yeah. They didn't need that because they had one great ending on the train where you're just completely enthralled <laughs> in this game. <laughs> also, there's no... Fighting also, for Resident Evil 1... There is nothing to beat the first time that snake came out of the floor, man. Uh, I think I think I think the whole eyeball coming out of a guy's mouth might do it, or the fact that you can that the guy gets bisected in my in Resident Evil Four and just you know starts to spider walk over the place. I think that's a good comparison there. Yeah, but that's like more like, like I feel like I'd rather see that in like Dead Space because it was like it's just not Resident Evil to me because it's not. Oh really? We're going to say that one Damn it! The giant alligator, man. I was saving that. Okay. All right, that was good. Um, Kyle, you got any fat checks? Oh, it was pretty clean round. Um, I, I, I don't know if you... I guess killing humans kind of thing was questionable because, you know, they are infected and they become like kind of like monster-like things, but that was uh, kind of a questionable thing, so I didn't really say anything about that, like, fact-wise, but just talking about the game score-wise, uh, Resident Evil 1, if I used one uh, website or one company as a standard... Had like about an 8.7 score, 
um, Resident Evil 2 and 4, and 4 was across more platforms, so if you average out the score, it had about like a 9.2, 9.3, and so did Resident Evil 2, 9.2, 9.3, so um, those clearly were uh, more critically acclaimed, but like they said, Resident Evil 1 didn't set the standard or bar. Alright, alright. Um, Tom, what they're saying in the chat, man? What they're saying in the chat is a uh, few people, uh, well, Basically, Twin Moon Elder has not played a Resident Evil game, so she's in the same boat, or he or she is in the same boat I am. Okay. Uh, and says, also said, oh god, here we go with the liquor again. <laughs> so, kind of bringing that back up. And, and, the input of, and the input of having multiple endings isn't bad, but makes you have to go back and play at least four other times. Okay. And Corey, I I must say from not your arguments, different whatsoever. If you play Resident Evil, if you play Resident Evil to shoot people, I recommend picking up Doom and trying that. You might have more fun. Oh, time. I was I, I I played Doom. I played Doom until it didn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, same. I just, yeah. I needed to get that counter in there. Uh, no, no, I understand. I understand. Uh, that's what Nicole t- does too. Man, I miss Nicole. Miss you, Nicole. About time you're doing good, man. Um, <laughs> Cal, what do you think, man? I, I want to know if we're on the same place. I kind of want to hear more. I, I like you guys were talking about the story. I like you guys talked about, well, that was a lot of stories and what monsters you fight, but kind of like, I kind of want to hear the mechanics of the game as well. Like, I would love to hear someone say like, oh, there's a B game in some of them, which kind of changes the story a little bit and makes you want to play again. Like, and you guys were saying there's other endings in Resident Evil 1. That'd been cool. Like I don't know, it was really toss up for me. All of them did a good job. Um, I don't. I. I. I it, was, it was between two people for me. So I mean, I don't want to say if you don't. You know, if you have a certain thing, I think it was pretty good for all of them. Okay. I just wish all I heard right. more about the. I heard like I like the story that you guys said and stuff. Uh, some of the mechanics I would have enjoyed more. I know you guys talk about the over the shoulder thing as well and that kind of stuff, fighting hordes, but maybe more about the actual game, how it could be played through several times and all that would have been cool to hear. Yeah. Okay, I can say I love each of your arguments. Um, you all argue for your question well. Um, to me, the person that I would knock out, and I apologize. Not not saying that it's not the fact that you didn't argue it well. It's the fact that they pumped your pumped your game to the ground in the beginning, and that's Lee Chris. Um, that they they pumped you. And I actually, I actually like Resident Evil Four, but they plumped your argument, saying that why the heck is Leon Kennedy going to save the president's daughter? There's no way they're going to send her, send him down there to send it. It, it. it just, it just didn't make sense. And I understand, but that, like I said, they plumped yours. They knocked you out right away. Yeah. Um, so to me, it came down between TJ and Corey. Um. Now. I admit Corey put up a good argument against Resident Evil 2, and um, it is right they did make multiple remakes of Resident Evil 2. But I have a fact. I actually have something Cal didn't fact check. They did remake Resident Evil 2 um, in um, on the GameCube, and it's called Outbreak, and it's sort of a remake of Resident Evil 2. So they did remake it. So if you're arguing about your remake, that that takes that one out because if you want to say oh we remake yours but they did the same thing to Resident Evil 2 TJ didn't argue that but he didn't have to because Resident Evil 2 has a great story 
is set it is set in the city, while yours is just set in a setting in just one contained location. This is literally taking the horror to the town, which I kind of like. Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 1 has the same thing. They both are in contained environments where yours is contained in a mansion, his is contained in one one town. So, and I felt like Resident Evil 4 was basically taking what Resident Evil 2 did. So for this, for this, and I, I'm wondering why TJ is literally drinking, going ham on that drink. Uh, for this one, I have to go with TJ. I think TJ's frozen. Oh, crap. <laughs> That's the longest drink I've ever seen. Yeah, me too. I think he's frozen. The so, longest, TJ, stillest drink. He is still drinking. Okay. TJ uh, is still no, drinking, you know guys. I, you know what it is? I was actually going to say the same thing with um, TJ saying that um, Corey's game was um, confined to the mansion, whereas his, uh, his expanded to the city. I was actually mentioning that too, but I forgot to say that. Yeah, that, that that's what I heard, and 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 like I said, all of them gave good arguments. But the thing that the same thing that Lucris was trying to argue for is the same thing. It's I was like I was sitting there listening to him. I was like, well, Resident Evil, that's basically Resident Evil Two, but just done in the future. I I, I really think if you did that, it would be a greater game. So yeah, yeah I didn't um, think about this remake though. They they talked about making a remake, but they didn't make. It. <laughs> I think it's uh, no. I, I could have sworn it was called Outbreak. They did an Outbreak. It was called Outbreak for the game. The Outbreak game Resident Evil Two. Now is it? I don't think it is. I could have sworn I saw no, a remake. No, they, they were talking about making a remake in 2015, but they didn't make it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, that just tells you how good the game is. That they got to remake it. That means it's a bad game. So I guess that's a count against your argument for it. Anyway, TJ got it first, huh? All right. Cool. Sorry, I was late on it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, you were you were taking that long drink. It's okay. Um, anyway. Oh, I got frozen on that. That's, that's, yeah. that's awful. No, no, you can say you were taking that long drink. It's okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Next question. All right. Question two. Would you like to know what the poll did... first? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the poll. What was the poll? The poll. The poll. Resident Evil Two got one hundred percent of the vote. Cool. I feel so defeated. I... <laughs> Resident Evil 4 right. is definitely like my second favorite of them. So. Okay. You know, my favorite is like either 2 or Code Veronica. I really like Code Veronica. That was fun. Yeah, I was going to oh, pick yeah. Resident Evil 2. Just for the record, I was going to pick Resident Evil 2. We got to it about 10 seconds before me. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right, ready? Here, question number two, Cal. Question number two. What is the best Castlevania game? God, I, I could care less. <laughs> Oh, Ooh, points deducted. I am going to go with Lou Chris. What is your choice for Resident Evil? My choice Evil? was Castlevania Lord of Shadows. Okay, cool. All right, Corey. Uh, I picked uh, Simon's Quest. Okay. Well, you just wait. You just wait. The night. Okay. Frozen in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna start. We're gonna go to the declaration round. So what was his answer? I didn't hear him. He said sympathy of the night. Okay. All right. We're gonna go with. Um, we're gonna start with. Um, with uh, Lou Chris, you got the declaration round, and Mike is yours. And I'm ringing the bell. You can go. 
Okay, just to say this first, Lord of Shadows, great game, great voice acting. The mechanics are great. Are, I don't want to keep saying great, but they're pretty darn cool. Uh, just the use of different uh, uh, weapons, the use of different powers, the fact that a cross becomes a whip and not just a plain old whip, but it's like a chain whip. That's freaking awesome. Uh, another thing that's really cool about it is that with uh, Lord, of, uh, Lord of Shadows, it was such a good game that it expanded into different areas. And what the heck just happened? Okay. Uh, anyway, it expanded to different areas. Like it had, of course, it had its sequel, Lord of Shadows Two. But then it also had this uh, sub, like I want to say maybe Lord of Shadows One Point Five, which they actually got the Telltale crew to in on. So it was all about the choices. So it was a different, uh, different gaming platform as well. So that actually was really cool. So Lord of Shadows started this whole trend. Well, not the tr whole trend, but the, the, you get what I mean. Anyway, the story was. Almost perfect. I cannot remember. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm not good enough to pick out the finer details of what went wrong. But the story was impeccable. The idea that you had to. That you're this champion of light. A different telling of a uh, Vlad. Uh, Vlad Tepes' tale of he was an impaler. This is a different tale entirely that I really enjoy. Like the uh, the uh, the world that they lived in was intertwined with so the supernatural so much that he, uh, Gabriel, his name was Gabriel, not uh, Vlad, so I don't know what that one was about, but Gabriel's name, he was the champion of light, and it showed through that and through the continuous games that even someone who is revered as a champion of light, someone who can be that good, can also fall into the darkest depths when, when pushed in the wrong and right ways. So it showed the best of the human spirit, and but the worst of the human spirit as well, and I think that deserves a good mention there. Not to mention, the enemies were just fun as heck to fight. All right, that's it. Still yep. have a minute. Okay. All right. Corey, your turn. Okay, um, I picked Simon's Quest for a very, very simple reason. I hate Castlevania. I am not a fan of the, of the game series whatsoever, and yet I played Simon's Quest. It's that... <laughs> I played it. I played that piece of shit all the way through. <laughs> Loved it, actually. But I, the first, the first one, the first Castlevania, had no. It had a time limit. It sucked, and I just could never get into any of the others. But Simon's Quest, I played because it had those RPG elements. I had just come off my Legend of Zelda high at the time, and uh, and I loved the way that you had to sort of figure things out. And I and I learned to do everything in that game without a manual or an FAQ or a strategy guide, and it was so satisfying going through it. And I like the way that you use items in that game too. That's it's really awesome. You like I couldn't figure out why sometimes I went in a room and there would be blocks moving up and down that I could see, and then other times they weren't there. I'd have to guess until I actually figured it out. Um. I also like that it's a rematch between Simon and Dracula. No weird other characters coming in. It's Simon. It's Dracula. Bam, bam. They fight. They fight. And it, I'm not saying it's a perfect game. I'm just saying that it's the best that I ever played. Good. I'm round. Enjoy your point. <laughs> All right, TJ, it's yours. Ring the bell. It's your turn. Got it. Sympathy of the All night. Right. 
of the night. So basically, I went with this Castlevania game because this is the one that I actually remember playing. Like Corey, I'm not a huge fan of the franchise. Um, I played a couple on the Game Boy, but this is the one I played on PlayStation where I I remember it vividly and I was just engulfed in the story. And that's pretty much where it got me was the actual story. Um, now this one revolves around you being Dracula's son, Alucard. Um, all the best parts of the previous um, games, and they put together in this vampire-fueled masterpiece. Um, it has this like amazing open-world concept, but still like an RGP like mechanics to it. Um, it's this whole story where you're out of your card, um, and you're you're um, you're looking. You're I'm sorry, geez. You're going after I believe your uh, your father, but you're also looking for. Belmont, who's been missing at the same time, and you come in contact with a 17-year-old Slayer um, who's looking for him at the same time. You end up having to fight him, spell taken off of him, and at the same time you fight your father. And it's this beautiful love story where you find out that your father, Dracula, has been cursed against me. Uh-oh. Here he goes again. It's a beautiful love story, and you have to destroy your father. Um, there's like experience points. You don't have to. You're not just doing the whole cracking the whip thing. It's not this Indiana Jones game that you're playing. There's a whole wide range of weapons that you get to use, from javelins to bombs to swords and a shield, which just basically is like dang. Um, you fight. You kill your father. It was the 1998 game of the year. It was number 735 on the list of played today. Um, but it's just a great game. It's it's really highly considered one of the best gold classics that have come across. And it also coined the phrase Metroidvania, where you have to go back in levels and backtrack, and you actually level up and get more stuff and uh, new abilities from that. Um, but yeah, that's what I got. Why isn't the best Metroid game on me? Never mind. It Metroidvania. Okay. That's it? It coined it. Alright. Cal, are you ready? Tom, are you ready? You can give me a thumbs up. Is anyone ready? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Alright. You have the time. Cal has the time. Um, you may maim and kill anybody you want. Well, not maim. You can do whatever you want. Well, not whatever you want. You can just destroy their arguments, people. <laughs> okay, before anyone gets started, I just want to say this one little thing. All the Castlevania games are great, or at least the ones I played, they're great, but they're all linked by this one common factor. They're all, you always fight Dracula. In each one, you always fight Dracula in some fashion. In Lord of Shadows, you are Dracula before he falls. And then you see how that happens. You see the progression of it, and you see the different abilities he can get. You see the different uh, weapons he uses. The story, the enemies. It expands the world so much in so many different ways. Look, if I wanted to play yeah, um, your game, I would play God of War because guess what your game kind of is? It's a rip off of God of War. The entire gameplay is all Kratos. You're using all this, you're, you're fighting titans, these giant monsters that you have to scale and do all this crazy stuff for. Guess what Castlevania is for? Fighting Dracula, fighting vampires. Like, there's no, like, your, your game tried to reboot the franchise. It's the same thing that was. Um, uh, Bayonetta and Dante's um, Inferno, like there wasn't anything to it. It was super repetitive. It was maybe like the sixth Beth Castlevania title that it is, and also had an awful ending, which is that's why your story detail. It's I wish you would have owned this because you definitely would have had a fighting. The Riaz game was poop, but I played it because I remember it. it. Doesn't tell. I think you had to 
about a uh, uh, because this game game was like the one of the hardest games. Like that's what made people hate it because they're like, why is this game so hard? Like get to have like an actual guide to play and like stuff like that. But my game, technically claim the best Castlevania. There is everything that there was all through these titles and put it together to make this one great masterpiece. And then Lord of Shadows is it's just it's 3D. It definitely um, just in the 3D into the uh, like HD, like Fighting Jack and then the HD thing. But like it felt very repetitive of all these games at the same time that came out this time. So like it kind of fell through the cracks. I know a lot of people were like anticipating it, but it definitely fell through the cracks. And Simon's Quest is the NES cartridge. Like just that it looked like that's all I can remember from it. But that's not my fault. Um, <laughs> I'm interested in my end, but I got maybe less than half of your argument there, so I oh yeah, I, yeah. I respond. Really? Damn. Yeah. Anyone else lose out? Fall out? Oh God, yes. So I'm I not. Heard you, I heard you I insulting got, me. I got a few bits of it, but so I got enough to possibly say something else. Uh, okay, so you said that it's like God of War. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna say that God of War is enjoyable, and but I like. But it's the. But the stories are completely different, though, and that's one of the things that I love about Castle of, uh, Lord of Shadows. It has such a different story, and I'm a lover of stories, if nothing else. This idea of they have Gabriel or Dracula. I just. I, why do I keep saying? Okay, Dracula. He is the champion of light. He is the people's chosen to protect them from the darkness. But yet, it shows instead he himself falling into darkness. And that sounds like is, the Star Wars prequels. They're not good either. <laughs> I got nothing to say. You bring up Star Wars, and my mind just goes to hate. I can't think anymore. <laughs> no, I thought I thought we lost again. Yeah, but okay. So we lost. Basically, I'm just saying that is that Lord of Shadows is definitely a product. Of, it tried to do something different with the franchise, but it definitely fell into being just like God of War. Um, it is like 40 unlockable whip combos, which brings me back to like Spider-Man Homecoming, where he just has like a thousand different whip combos. Like, no, no, no. You crack the whip, you kill some vampires. It's very, very simple. It shouldn't be any more difficult than that. And Simon's Quest is a classic Nintendo side-scroller, but is it and is it not classic enough to be the best Castlevania? Like, it's definitely if you play it, it's really hard. You get really frustrated really fast. Um, with mine, the pinnacle of it all, it's all put together. It's coined things. It's been voted best game. There's no, like, arguments to, like, oh, it's the best game of this era, this era. Like, Castlevania fell through the cracks. It definitely didn't hit a lot of people Ooh. over its time because there was game time. It was on the SNES, right? Not sure. If I remember correctly? Uh, with Symphony, Symphony of Night was PlayStation. Yours is... Uh, Nintendo. Yeah, mine's NES, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which automatically kind of makes it better. Lord of Shadows but, was like Xbox and uh, Gen. Right. Yeah, I just, I, I miss that sort of, it, which, with Castlevania games that I tried to play, it was always sort of a, you know, I'm on a, you're on a level and you have to finish the level and you know, it was like Mario with Dracula. But I don't know which games those were, to be completely honest. Um, and I just, I felt that the, the item situation was good. 
in Simon's Quest, even the story, if you were willing to open up your manual, which most kids weren't at the time, but if you were willing to open up your manual, what? What are you, you going to say? I was going to say, like, I was going to say something like Simon's Quest. There's not, there is, I guess, somewhat of a story, but you don't get a lot of it, like, with Luke. Is it a great well, one? It's definitely a good one, but it ends fairly awful. And then mine definitely has a great story ran all the way through, and it's it's touching. If we want to talk about point. stories, though, mine is actually good. You guys are your guys' stories are good, but they're all contained in that one game. The, the story of Lord of Shadows continues on to like three or four different games. Well, some of the, while those are sub, like two of them are probably sub games, like uh, the Telltale version and the other one. They're actually continuations of the story, and it was such a gripping story. If we want to talk about stories. Lord of Shadows has a much more complete one than your guys's does because your guys's is contained within one game, and while that's one yeah, of the reasons why I like Lord of Shadows so much is because it has a replay value of the story is so gripping you can go through it again you see all this stuff again it's just a really great game. Right. But, but, my, you, my, but you, it's fundamentally a prequel, right? I mean, essentially. One minute left. Fundamentally a prequel, yeah, and that's one another one of the things I like about it. you. You see what happens to Dracula beforehand. You see the man he well, was. They were. They were yours as a Castlevania title was just gonna be Lord of Shadows and have its own little thing. And the only thought, the only way they figured they could sell is if they threw Castlevania on it. Um, whereas in mine, it was actually like technically what what yours should have been. Mine was for PlayStation, and it actually scored higher. It had more. You say like yours was story, but your story was more wise story but i like a story that's more condensed in actually what castlevania is it's a dracula thing it's more like it's it's definitely more of a, a condensed story into that family and the belmonts and alucard and that whole thing like i want to see a story with that with castlevania yeah lower shadows well, might say, be something okay, so different, condensed, but that's though, why it kind of lost the castlevania yeah but here's the thing though when you get down to the basic point of it those castlevania games are, are about just one simple thing you fight time, dracula. Time. there's no variation all right Good fight, guys. Um, Cal. All right. Um, so from what I could hear, TJ, uh, suggestions were that maybe if you cut your video feed, you'll have better, um, a better feed because like we'll just hear your audio and you'll you won't lag as much. I couldn't hear much of what you said. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is that Corey is probably the Lord of Shadows because he's just standing in the dark. I thought it too. So, of other three games you guys are talking about, Symphony of the Night was the the, high, the highest rated by far, like by far. But Lord of Shadows got a lot of accolades, being like um, a great game in itself, as well as the soundtrack. It had a stunning soundtrack. That's what I'm hearing. Um, so, but uh, by far, Symphony of the Night was the highest rated game of all three of them. Okay. Tom, what you Tom? You got any other fat checks? Also, in the, chat. Um, in the chat. So, in the chat, like Cal mentioned, uh, there was a lot of talk about uh, TJ's feed. Uh, Megan Gregory thought uh, what she likes about Symphony of the Night is that your hit points determine the max amount of damage you can withstand before dying. And Edward, uh, Tom is jealous of your wall, and Kimber thinks you look like Casper Van Dien. <laughs> yeah, that's who he looks like. I knew I I recognized him. Uh, Luke, Chris, you should come on our shape panel. <laughs> I think you'll like it. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'll 
good arguments. I want to make sure, Cal. I want to make sure. Am I not the only one hearing this? Did any of them? Am I so, do I, uh, do I sound any better? Yes. You, yes, you sound bit. way better. Cool. I, sorry, guys. For me, it was clearly between two people. I'm sorry, Corey. Like you, you already threw yourself out right in the beginning by saying you don't know anything about this topic, really, and you had nothing yeah, much I, to I say. Knew, I, know. I, I knew. I knew that like right away. So it was really between um, TJ and Edward for me, and. Um, both of them had great arguments, so it was really a throw up. I like that TJ mentioned like his game was like a, more like an RPG, and that you know the different weapons mattered. And Edward did say that too, that like his his crossbow like was a whip as well and all that. So it was good that they mentioned weapons and stuff. But like I like the RPG aspect, but I think Edward sold the story more. Um, like the, his passion for his argument for the story is what sold it for him. So they both right. a toss up between those two, I think. Right. Here's the thing, though. I was thinking the complete opposite because I, I just want to make sure I'm not hearing this right. Even Doug Core said he didn't know nothing about this game. They didn't attack him that much. I, I didn't hear them like literally right, attack. But he him also didn't really this. defend his game much either. So yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Core, Core, I'm sitting there thinking Core was trying to pull one on me, and Core was. I thought Core could have had it he because just, he didn't say anything about it. So I mean, if yeah, he did if say he, about it, that would have been yeah, great. Yeah. Corey, I'm supposed to be honest with you. If you just would have said something about your game, you probably would have went hands down because they were not tearing your your game apart. <laughs> and you just fell down flat. You did the right thing, but you just fell down and just laid like a dog and just took it. And like I'm, I'm just gonna die. You know, I'm gonna die here. <laughs> oh, crazy! I, I hate Simon's. I hate Castlevania, man. Why you pick Simon's? But but I, we'll talk afterwards. Um, so, me, so to me, it comes down to Ludacris and um, TJ, and um, I played something in the night, but I haven't played Lord of Shadows. And while it is right, the gameplay does look. I seen the gameplay. While the gameplay does look like, um, does look like God of War, you know, sort you know, War um, God of War. At, the story is what really gripping in, in today's gaming. These are two new generation games, so thus, um, where you could go backwards to Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which was revolutionary. Castlevania, yeah. Okay, Lucas won. Lucas won because. <laughs> Because the reason why he won is because the story is set up very well. It's done very well. The story is why I do respect Symphony of the Night. Symphony of the Night is a well-done, well-made film, but well-made game. But there are some <laughs> there are some problems with the film. I mean, I mean, with the guy, I'm keep saying film with the game, like the save feature where you got to take a long time for the save. Game overload. Really, it, it takes all day. I'm just basically using the nerd as like a stepping stone. I'm sorry. Um, still, still love you, James Wolf. Um, but anyway, uh, that's it. Uh, so we got uh, two. We got one, one. We got zero, one, one. All right. Uh, let's go to and got and, and Corey. I just want to say something. If you really had to pick one, just pick Castlevania Four. That probably would have been a good one to pick because I thought that was a good one. I think that's the best Castlevania out of all of these. Um. But um, Tom, poll, what you got, buddy? 
Uh, wow, the, the poll just changed right now. Symphony of the Night took the win with 60%, with uh, Shad Shadows of Darkness and Simon's Quest tied at 20%. Oh, my God. Okay, uh, well, I'll get the... <laughs> that's, that's why it was lagging for TJ. He's, he just kept voting for his own thing on different accounts. <laughs> thank you, Megan. I know, that was you. I know that was you, Megan. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Question three, ready? Yes, it's time to get mine. Question three is, what's the best Mega Man game? Yes. Yes. Um, there should be nobody that should judge this question but me. I am the ultimate judge for this question. Um, so, with that said, I am going to start with Corey. Son of a gun. You know, you know, you you know, you want it. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh, I. Uh, I. I. Chose Mega Man Three. Okay. Cool. Uh, TJ. Hear me. Yes, we can. You see me. Yes. A little bit. Okay. So I went with uh, Mega Man X. All right. Luke Christ. Christ. Luke Christ. I want the Mega Man uh, Battle Network 2. Okay, cool. All right. Declaration round starts with Corey. Now. Uh, all right. I picked Mega Man 3. I'll, I'll be absolutely clear about this. I picked Mega Man 3 because I know Mac likes it. But after after that, I started doing research on it. And and here is here is a game that has popped up on more best of Mega Man sites than any other game. That was a pleasant surprise. Unlike Simon's Quest, which sucked. Okay. And the reasons seem to be if I were correctly level design. Soundtrack. The uh, the fact that you have extra levels inside inside. Uh, oh god, well, who's the? I'm drawing a blank. Doctor Wiley is that? His castle. There are ways to 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 play without having to fight each of the different guys, which adds more levels, more content. And there's and frankly, when it comes down to it, Mega Man's about challenge. And in Mega Man 3, a lot of it, I mean, most of it, is just about being the most challenging game it can be. And for that, I'm really, I'm really glad that Mega Man 3 is what I picked. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's it? After, no, after, after that, the, the, the challenge started to go down. Things got more, you know, there was more characters, and you had to switch between them, and 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 while that's fun, and I'm not taking away from that, I just I feel that 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 was where they 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 met the perfect sort of balance of of challenge versus like content. It was it was perfect. Plus, it has Rush the Dog. Now I'm done. Okay. All right, TJ, let's go. I can't wait to attack Rush the Dog. Sorry, guys. <coughs> so, I'm going with... Everyone's good. I'm clear. Mm -hmm. We're all good? Yeah, so basically, okay. I'm going with Mega Man X. Basically, it has, it has more... While still 
uh, reinventing Mega Man without hurting the basic concepts of the original game whatsoever. It was the one of the games I remember on Super Nintendo the most. It had like a more of a mature storyline. Um, changes to the gameplay where you can actually like slide dash, scale walls. Um, you get armor attachments that give you like different special abilities. Um, this aging franchise. I'm sorry, Mac, but it really was hurting at this point. Um, title and title and title and title and the same thing. Um, it's definitely like top three NES games that you will find and, and just remember as a kid when you got an NES. It's uh, it's a hundred years after the original. It has this great Reploids, Mavericks, like Terminator meets Blade Runner like storyline, where this um, doctor finds the body of um, Mega, uh, Mega Man. Well, they called him X. And that guy used the technology they saw in season this and makes these diff all these reploids um, that all have the free will at the same time, all these special abilities, stuff like that. And a lot of them go rogue. And then you got these guys called Maverick Hunters that go after these guys. And at the same time, they make like the ultimate one. And they call him Sigma. And that he's supposed to be the main Maverick Hunter. And he ends up going rogue and turning against them. And this is where you get this amazing team up between Zero and Mega Man because Mega Man feels guilty that he gave us the technology to make these these ploys that attack people so these guys come together um and the story the story just at that point is like this great thing at the same time it could be a great movie um you get these awesome capsules with this little uh, easter egg where you can do the hadouken ability from street fighter um it's just basically just considered a milestone it's like perfect executed game one minute um, one minute and i think it's the best Mega Man game there is uh compared to the other two um, at the same time, it's it literally gives you a great story. Like you can be a Mega Man with a blast on your arm and go through the side scrolling, jump walls, attack all these things. But like this gives you some more of like a plot and a depth to it that you actually like believe and in, invest in, um, other than the all the other games. Okay. Tattoo day, you son of a gun. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Luke, Luke, Chris, um, yeah, your turn. Okay, so the Battle Network series is a really awesome, sorry, I gotta collect my thoughts there. Battle Network series is one of the funnest ones I've ever played with uh, the Mega Man series, because I'm a big fan of the Mega Man at all, in total. I love all the games, I've played them since I was a kid, but I gotta say that the uh, the Battle Network 1, the, the Network Transmission, and Battle Network 2, they were a great trilogy of games, because for the simple reason is that it forced, it, it, not forced, it, uh, it opened up several new possibilities with it, like uh, the whole idea of net navvies where Mega Man is a uh, computer program now that has to protect uh, these networks from different viruses, which could destroy the world. That's actually more relevant today than I think anything else, <laughs> seeing as how we're a very network-oriented, uh, internet-oriented society. Uh, the mechanics are in it are just so much fun, because uh, you have your, like, your, uh, your virus buster thing, like Mega Man always has, in the charge-up and whatever, but he, the power side he has in this game are all dependent on like if you can beat your enemies like other Mega Man games. But it's also determinate about like what combinations of those um, power ups you have. Like if you select these three different power ups, you get a mega power up instead. Or it's and it's a big it's, it involves so much strategy and it's so much fun too. Uh, the character designs are really phenomenal. I'm I'm a big fan of the of uh, Mega Man's design and Battle Network, Network Transmission, and all those ones because it feels more. I want to say it feels more natural in a sense. I guess it looks he looks more like a little warrior than 
anything else, and that's something that's really appealing to me. Another one, uh, I'm just a big fan of that type of design. Don't know why, just am. It's, uh, but the gameplay value of it, it was really fun. I wanted, I kept playing it, I played it at, at the very least like three different times because it was just so much fun to see the different combinations. Not only that, but you have your actual bosses, which include Bass at the very end, which Bass is always fun to fight. He's always got a really cool design, but also has all these optional bosses that you can you can play as well, which um, uh, which broadens the story to, for more uh, one minute. more fun. What? Oh, one minute. Okay. okay. Which uh, broadens the story, makes it more fun for the game player, and it just introduces you to all these different characters that you could come to love. And it's all the redesigns are very creative, and the soundtrack is a joy to listen to. It's like this like, kind of thing that sh that just matches up really well with the settings, especially the boss fights. Okay. All right, Cal, are you ready? All right, Tom, you ready? All right, I guess he is. All right, all right. Um, be easy, guys. Um, I hope I don't vomit. All right, grudge. All right, I want to. Okay, so Mega Man Three. Sorry, uh, Mac, and I'm sorry, Corey. But it's like a lot of the levels and the bosses don't collaborate theme-wise. Like you get these different levels and you're just like, wait, why is the boss a fish but I'm in space? It's just like something It's weird. Um, the dog. <laughs> Come on. He you can't, okay, the dog, okay, the dog brush is great. But you can't base but everything he's on He's a cheat. Dog. He's used. You, you also, don't also you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't play Mega Man for theme. You play it to play a platformer and to be challenged. And Mega Man 3 does that the best. I I, I, I disagree a little bit. I think Battle Network, Trans Battle Network Two actually does it a bit better. I don't I even know. Battle Network though is kind of, it's it's like a Pokemon game to me. What I I was watching gameplay and you basically are like in a school. It's like Ready Player One meets Pokemon. You like go to computers and you're you're Mega Man. Like you can be Mega Man just walking around and you like challenge a bully in your class and like he's Mega Man and you shoot things at each other. That's not in my well, game. That's the, 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 the idea for Battle Network was it was based the whole off the concept anime. of that this. Like it's a bigger impact. Really it's a big, it has a big, the story has a bigger impact now, especially in today's world, because again, we're a very internet-based society, and the things that they could do in that internet and that battle network makes it much more dangerous, and therefore if, the story is more. If it was by itself, if it was its own game and not Mega Man like influence, it'd probably be something. But like, why does it have to be Mega Man? Like, is there something more to it than that, other than just being like Mega Man is now a program that people can it can unlock themselves? If you want to, it, if you want to go that route, then Mega Man the past games was a program as well because he was a robot. His yeah, but you're Mega Man. Everything was programmed so you want to go that way. He is a program things. throughout the entire game. This one, this game, it just makes that more literal. Man is an eight level game where you're supposed to go up against all these bosses and you choose what level you want to do and then you go against boss and you get different upgrades like that doesn't do that that's not really a mega man game that's more of like hey uh um it, it's different to me it's not mega man like mega man 3 is it a good mega man game it's okay mega man game it's right off the it's success one of, the, of mega it's man one of the best. It, it, no no mega man is one of the best if not the best partly because i think that they started forgetting what mega man was about after mega man 3 I think, Don't you stick a Dr. Wily losing all the time? Like, Dr. Wily loses twice, Mega Man 1, number 2, and then he goes, oh, I'm going to get Dr. Light to help me. I'm a fan of the Roadrunner. Dr. Wily by then? I am, I am a fan of the Roadrunner. Okay, Dr. Wily hasn't lost nearly <laughs> as many times. Okay, so just, you know, screw Dr. Wily. He's just the guy 
who's trying to do some bad shit. Okay, there's one in every video game. It doesn't matter if he's the same guy or not. It's more of like 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 a, a like I said, a mature storyline. You get Sigma, who is made by humans to be the ultimate hunter of his own kind. He turns. He becomes this whole like um, revolutionary like being, and then Mega Man and Zero character introduced in this game have to team up and go against this guy and his whole army of other of rogue mavericks like that's a story mega man uh two i gotta look at yeah, mega man battle network that's like it's, it's it sounds like fun like it'd be dope like to get out with my buddies and like do the whole you know he's got a game i got a game let's fight each other type of thing but i don't think yeah. it's like a mega man game also also wrong, also the, but the, i don't feel it the, the snes had that really annoying habit of putting like weird cloud graphics over everything, and it, I, I could not play through that. Okay, uh, it really was it really was fucking annoying. Okay, if you want to get story now, want to get story graphics. The graphics in Battle Network and the stuff screens are really interesting because it's, you see more like a representation of the internet itself or the programs itself, and that's really cool to see. The music fits really well too. Story wise. The uh, Battle Network is a real good game because you don't fight wildly, but you fight a different organization called Gospel, and they're trying to bring back a program that could destroy everything. So that's you really well. Ooh, I like the I like the religion. You wanted to bring in the partner thing. I like the religion. Uh, <laughs> always with you and, uh, with the Mega Man are partners in this, but it's it, there's more danger for Lamb because he's a regular kid, and uh, that helps people identify with it a bit better. He's a regular kid who gets thrusted into this uh, into this world because he. Loves it uh, because of his uh, because of his partner Mega Man, and because of that, he's in put in more danger, and he has more responsibility to step up to. And I think that's always something really good to see. See someone step up to responsibility that they weren't usually that they would never usually be involved with. Seeing them step under that responsibility, see them achieve what they want to achieve. That is something that really pulls. I mean, it pulls out a lot of people too because they want to be people want to be the person who can step up to the challenge. They want to be the person who can triumph over the adversary. And again, Lamb being a normal person who's put in that situation as a partner to Mega Man who helps Mega Man get through this, it's really makes makes it really fun to play. It, that, but but I'm, feeling, I'm not feeling it. I'm, I'm not, not feeling it as a Mega Man game. Yeah, I mean... It's definitely like a different type of... Like, like, it, it, like it just sounds like a different game doesn't sound Mega Man. And Mega Man okay, 3... Okay, let's pull this down. Let's pull this down real quick. What is Mega Man? What is Mega Man? Okay, Mega Man is someone a who... side scroll. That's what I'm saying. Like Mega Man to me was a very side scrolling, regular, simple game. To me, Mega Man X elevated that. Like Mega Man Battle Network Two might have elevated that in some way and form, and did something different with it. But is it the best? No. I mean, it did something different. I I respect that, and I'm sure. Like I I'm, I. I'm okay. Story wise, story wise, Mega Man is about someone fighting off these different. The original story Mega Man game was about him fighting off an evil organization. That had robots under their employ. Yes, yep. yes. That's exactly what uh, Battle Network does. If we want to argue story, like if it doesn't match story wise, that's exactly what it is. It's One about minute. Mega Man finding an evil organization with all these different yeah, yeah, robots. Yeah, that's my argument. Dude. Like your yeah. stories are those. Both of those are that, but mine's not. Mine's not going against evil organizations. Go against these bots that are them that just turn against the humans that made them. There's not necessarily organization. It was someone who's who found a robot, was trying to be smarter and do something with it. They gave it free will. The robots right. turned right. because they don't want to be slaves to us. And that's a different story. Like that's a good Mega Man story. Like that's something that invests me in the game. Like that's what I want. I don't want to start a blowing cannon thing. I have a problem I have a problem because uh, again with the cult. 
you know, I, I heard that. You know, he, he's weird with his cults, man. He loves them. I just, I, I don't feel cult in Mega Man. I just, I don't cult? feel it. Gospel. Gospel. No, no, that's just the name that they call themselves. It's not, it's not, it's not, they're not actually a religious cult. They're, so it's very religious. It sounds very religious to me, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> not trying to be a dude. Time, just, time. But like, like, stop, 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 stop. Just making a clarification, Mac. I'm not arguing. Okay, okay. Cow. Okay, so all three games are uh, very well rated throughout. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network actually changed the type of game it was with the network series. Like that was mentioned in the argument. Um, Mega Man X was also claimed for being a good step up from the NES from the NES series because it was on the SNES. However, it was criticized for being too short and too easy. But Mega Man 3 was actually the highest rated of all three, and it was actually, um, they said it was a, a lot better or a, a vast improvement over Mega Man 2, which is already critically acclaimed. Um, and the one thing for Corey said was that um, Wily is the rotor. No, he's the coyote. <laughs> that's not what I meant. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's what you uh, said. I got, that's my job to fact check. That's his job, so don't... don't. Don't, sorry, don't, don't, um, get on my fat checker. I got you, I got you, Corey, in the rep I got you on the repetition, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Tom. I understand what he said, I'm just fact checking it. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Listen, I can put, take cover all I want right now. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom, what you got, man, what did you say to the chat? Uh, the chat does actually not have a whole lot of love for the Mega Man series, uh, Tom jokingly said that the best Mega Man game is Kirby's Dreamland, which Kirby is awesome. There was a there was a huge tangent on Kirby and how amazing Kirby is, as well as the Wily Coyote and the Roadrunner. Huge tangents on those all were awesome. Okay. Uh, okay, Tom, I can't wait to face you in the championship round. Really can't wait. Um, but right now I'm not feeling 100% myself. Also, um, yeah. Uh, uh, um. I can judge this. Okay. Don't be biased. I'm not gonna be biased. <laughs> I'm actually gonna get some help. Cal, what do you think? I think you should go to Tom because I was too busy arguing in the chat about Me uh, Metroid Prime okay. being the best Mega Man game. Yeah, I was just making. I was just making sure that you were. I want. I basically just want. You, I'm glad you're honest, Cal. I like that about you, Tom. What you think? Well, I agree with what uh, Tom in the chat was saying, that uh, TJ was really strong in his arguments for stories. I have no idea what these guys were talking about, but I think TJ convinced me a lot more that the that Mega Man X was a rejuvenation of a kind of aging franchise, and I, I like all he said about the, about the game's stories, mechanics, characters. So I, I give this one to TJ. Okay. I'm gonna go like on a quick, like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna quickly tear down the reasons why Mega Man Three. Um, but what about Mega Man Three? Okay, Corey, you basically forgot. Corey, let me tell you something. You forgot about the fact that it's not Wily. It was Wily working with Doctor Light, and it was Gamma, and then it turned out to be Wily in the end, which was awesome because you didn't see that because Wily was always the freaking villain. And all the Mega Man games, so it turns out to be somebody different. If you said that, you might have had something. Because it was a good story. But you didn't. You kept saying all oh, the accolades. You really pissed me off, Corey. Um, right you lost. 
Um, <laughs> oh, what's so mean? Uh, Luke Chris, you're right. It is a good game. Um, but they tore you down by saying, what is a Mega Man game? It's side-scrolling. And I admit, I applied Mega Man Battle Network for what it done. Because Battle Network was a step in the right direction. But two also... Make paved the way for them. Also, paved the way for the TV show, which I do not like. I hate Mega Man Team Warrior to death. Screw that show. That show should burn in hell. Um, God, I hate that thing on show. Um, <clears throat> so um, yeah, TJ won. Um, he Three had way tie the, huh? Three way tie. <laughs> Three way tie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, oh, isn't it 2-1? Isn't it 2-1? 2-1-1. 0-1-2. Right now I have TJ with two points, Edward with one, Corey with zero. Right. So that means CJ automatically going to the PvP right fight. So, all right. Let's Wait, get to the final. I, I am disappointed in all of you. Um, Let us go yeah, to what the final. What's up? Wait, I just want to know what the poll was. Oh, yeah, said. my poll. What the poll? Sorry the poll, about that. The poll, a whopping 100% of the vote went to Mega Man 3. Yes! <laughs> okay, so we've only had three arguments so far. Uh, yeah. For Resident Evil, uh, Castlevania, and then this. And then, how did TJ get two points? Because I thought we... I, I know I got Castlevania. I know he got a... He got Resident Evil. Evil. And he, and he yeah. got this one. Got, yeah. Uh, Corey's got this with Mega Man, so... No, no, no. No, he, no, 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 no. TJ got the second one. Oh, okay, never mind then. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, this one is the final question, okay, guys? All right. Okay, Al. What really final question is... What is the best cheat code ever? All right. Let's start. Who I started with in the beginning, and that is TJ. So, TJ, let's go, buddy. All right, I went with the Warp Whistle, Super Mario 3. All right, cool. Corey? Uh, I chose the, the B-plus select, which is the nickname, for, for the Solstice cheat. Okay, cool. I chose the cheat where you find out Samus is actually a girl. <laughs> cool. All right. So, all right, people, let us get ready. The decoration round begins now. Alright guys, now I was torn, totally torn between two answers. It's going to be the blood code from Mortal Kombat, which the seven-year-old kid in me was like, do it, do it, do it, man. But I went with this one because this one to me is a classic that every time I go back and play this game, I know exactly where they are, I know exactly what they do, and I love it every time because it gives me the whole option of the game. That's the warp whistle. It's the playoff the warp pipes from Super Mario Bros. 1. Um, there's special instruments found in Got them in three different places, though. Um, but you got them in the grassland world and the castle and desert land. Grassland, hiding the white thing. Seconds, drop behind the entire scene. Jump into the thing, get your warp whistle. Now, there's, like, different, like, levels of where you can use it and where you can't use it. So if you get the warp whistle in level one, you can use it in world one. You can only go to world two, three, and four. Same thing, world two through six. You can only go through five, six, seven. So there's definitely limitations to it, which is awesome because that's what you need in cheat codes. Because at the same time, a cheat code is to enhance the game 
but not make the game to where it's completely easy and vulnerable and just just actually not a game anymore. Like, yeah, my brother would play Madden and run the game up like 160 to three. Like, that's not fun to me. Those are weird cheat codes. I need something that's fun. At the same time, the warp whistle plays homage to Legends of Zelda song based off the original recorder from the original game. And there's like levels of difficulty to it. Like if you're going to get it in the castle or you can go against to get the very third whistle against Koopa when you finally beat him and you have to knock up into the invisible box at the top, jump onto that and go to an invisible room. There's like things like that which make the warp whistle the best cheat code out of these three options that were established, um, which I'll get into it at the same time. Um, this was the one that made a game more fun. It got you to to different places and you can still go back and do the same things with the levels you are but this gives you more of an enhancement to the game without making the game just like Meh, i'm gonna just cheat and just win the entire game in five minutes no it, it made super this this uh one mario three which is arguably one of the best super mario brother game great to play and that's my argument or declaration you done yes Corey. all right um my game is less well known, but uh, I was sick one summer and I bought Solstice. I bought this game. It is a puzzle game with a bunch of rooms. If you don't know, um, with a billion billion rooms, and they give you three lives to do what is essentially one of the most horrible uh, grinders of a video game I've ever played. And uh, like the next month, I, I got a, an issue of of Nintendo Power, and it had this cheat. You know, being select and you have to hit the buttons or whatever. And it gave you 99 lives. And that sounds simple. That sounds like, oh, okay, well, there's going to be, okay, yeah, it's just a life cheat. But what it did was it changed Solstice from an impossible game that you learn a bit at a time to one where you could actually experiment and do stuff. And then eventually you could do the whole game with three lives. I mean, there were extra lives or whatever. But it, it, it made the game playable for for people who weren't the kind, the sort of, um, what am I looking for? The sort of masochists that would play other Nintendo games that were <laughs> like that. So it fixed that problem with the programming, made that game playable, and because of that, I played that whole damn thing through multiple times. I would not have done that without, without it. And most of the people I know, that like Solstice would not have played it. It is a very cool cheat. It doesn't do a whole lot. It doesn't let you win, like like he said, in five minutes. It doesn't let you because that game is still hard, even with 99 lives. So it just it just changes the approach to it. That's all. It doesn't really make the game any easier or harder. It just changes the approach. It's like, okay, you can you can go and and walk around a little bit more without having to worry about getting killed every single time and having to start back One minute. Okay. And and that for me, um, the others are more iconic, but and that's true, I can't even argue with that. But they're more the the cheat code of the B Select cheat from Solstice is one of the best and most balanced. That's it for me. Alright. I'm good. Lou Chris, your turn. Okay, then. I'm going to say this right off the bat. I am not a Chico person. Just putting that out there for everyone to hear. I don't use Chico's. I don't believe in using Chico's for games. I like the idea of getting through the game by myself and getting that sweet, sweet feeling of, of success for myself. 
But there are some things that I do like when certain cheat codes are used, being the Samus one. Now, if you're me, and a long time ago where I saw the armor and I thought, hey, that's a cool dude. You can imagine my surprise when I found that cheat code. I was like, bad, bad dude looks like a lady. Anyway, that's, uh, that was a big shocking revelation to me. It was fun to see someone. It was fun to see that little like that little glitch where you could actually see the, uh, the Samus, who I up to that point believed was a girl, was a guy. Actually, is a girl. A kick, a kick butt girl. A very kick butt girl. And of course, this cheat code it has other uses. It has other uses just besides in the game because really, I don't think it adds anything to the game other than just you know better visuals. Uh, or different visuals, I should say. Sorry about that. Uh, it has other it has other things to use it for too, like you could troll someone with that. Actually, if you if they never heard of Samus, like my okay, I actually did this once. Uh, I had a friend who I was like, oh, you know what, the Samus is yours. Like, no, you're lying. I was like, no, I'm not. He's like, prove it. Wait, the look on his face was priceless. <laughs> but the fact of it is, it, um, it's a cheat code. Cheat code that doesn't really let you cheat in the game. It lets you play it to the uh, play it as the game should be was is intended to be played, but it uh, offers a different perspective of the game itself because again it showed that people Samus is a girl, not a guy. How do you feel about that? And also, I, honestly, I thought it was a kick-ass choice, kick butt choice. You good? Yeah, well, that's I'm pretty much all I can say about it. There's not, it doesn't really do anything else to the game. Right. All right, Cal, are you ready? Tom, are you ready? All right, let us grudge, people. Okay, point of order. You're talking about the one, uh, Lucrace. You're talking about the one that you type Justin Bailey in, right? And it makes yeah. sound. Yeah, well, that, that doesn't just change her gender. It actually does move you to the last stage in the game. Really? So... Gender. Didn't so, do that to me. Yeah, no, it, it gives you the big gun and does all that crap. Um, and besides, where was there a point in Metroid, because it's been many decades since I played it, was there a point in Metroid where you could get Shamus, uh, Shamus as a girl and, and without using the cheat? I've... Later games, yeah, but not in that one. Not at that point, no. I always thought you could. Okay, so, so yeah, that's an interesting cheat. But it does affect the game. I, I guess that matters somehow. Uh, Again, I, that didn't happen when I played that game when I was younger. I, that didn't happen when I put in that cheat code. It, that I didn't get anything other than just Samus turning into a girl. So I. Okay. But uh, the uh, I'll just jump in for for Solstice. I could not, like I said in my declaration, I could not have played that game without the cheat code. Now I can play that game without the cheat code. Um, it, it fundamentally changed the experience. I don't know, it, assuming that I'm wrong, assuming that I'm totally wrong, and that, and, that, um, and that Samus started out at the beginning of the game. Oh, yeah, she did start at the beginning of the game, but she started with guns. That's, that's what I'm remembering. Um, but assuming that all that's true, then that's still just an aesthetic choice. I mean, it, making her a girl does not really do anything as a, as a cheat code. They, uh, Solstice actually became 
like I said before, I am not the biggest person of cheat codes because I like to play games as they're like originally meant, and oh, even if it's meant to be frustrating as all heck. Heck. But um, one of the reasons why I think this cheat code is really good is because it has uses like outside, and this is me being a little mischievous. It has uses outside of the game where you can just troll your friends with it. That was always fun for me. Okay. But again, uh, yeah. So other than just having use ends the game, it has a use outside of the game itself that if you're mischievous enough, it's a lot of fun. Well, Solstice had a use too. It, mean, it meant I didn't throw my Nintendo across the room. So there was that. <laughs> I never played Solstice, so I can't really say for certain. Oh, you should, man. You should let's play it without the cheat code. That's a good rage game then, isn't it? A little bit. <laughs> So, TJ, are you going to weigh in here? Or, oh, he's not here. Good. I, I don't know what happened to him. Is anyone here? I don't know. He's trying. We're trying to get him back in. Okay. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll pause for now and and see. Well, y'all can keep arguing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. So I mean, so I mean, Justin Bailey, the the Justin Bailey cheat. Was awesome. I cannot deny that. It was. It's become iconic, but it doesn't really do anything. Like that's that's what I'm. I go for purpose, and the purpose of a cheat code is to is to make the game easier. And uh, yeah, and some people think it's to add something or whatever. But cheat codes are fundamentally the way that that you get through the game quicker when you get tired of playing the earlier levels. That's what the whistle cheat is. It's like okay, I've got. I played all the way through it, but now I don't want to play through stage two, three, and four anymore. Okay, <laughs> I want to. I want to get right to you know six because I've gotten there the long way. Now I just want to cheat. Okay, so again, and uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, you go ahead. You okay? Again, I I I said this uh, like maybe twice before, but I don't use cheat codes like to get through the game. I always try to play game as it's intended to be played. That's one of the reasons why I did not care right. much for this question. But, uh, but again, I, I can't deny uses of cheat codes. I can't deny their use for people for uh, to help you get through stuff that you can't normally get through. I can't deny that. Right. But then again, but here's the thing though: they're con they're uh, consolidated into that one aspect, like that one game. And while that is good, it's just good for the player. Yeah. The, the the Justin Bailey cheat code, however, is fun for everyone else. I'm here. You, you, <laughs> it, it, it's a good reveal. It, it's a good reveal. It's a good. Uh, it, it helps provide a different perspective in the game, uh, but but also it's it's fun to share around too. Like it, it's not. There's no real. There's no real purpose for it other than just hey, this is just a little bit of fun you can have with this. Right. Right. And I would. I would make. I would make the art. Just a side argument. That, that cheat codes are in the game, which means that they are intended to be played that way, to some extent. <laughs> some extent, <laughs> but I could, yes. But, you, but I, get, Corey, I, I get what you can you Can you do your cheat code off the top of your head? Uh, that has to be the most... Select, I, I watch, I listen... B, S, B, S, B, B, S, B, Are you saying S, S like as in start? Select. No, no, it's, it's actually... It's, B start 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 B start B B start B start start. It's like a repetition of that for like fifteen times, yes. and then at the very end you hit select, and you get all the 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 the, the lives and points. But at the same time, the argument: your game is like crazy hard, and yeah, ninety nine lives or infinite lives and potions might help you, 
But, like, at the same time, the game is already hard, and, like, the extra lives don't make it any more fun because it just makes it more of, like, oh, I got I beg, more lives. I, I can die now. Because I'm, I'm thinking you've never played the game. Because but it gives you more it, lives, so when you die, like, it's less, like, traumatic to you. Like, I feel like a game right. like that, when you die, it should be traumatic. When you got 99 lives, you're like, oh, that's the first 25, whatever. I got 75 left, or 74 left, I'm 99, I hate math. Like, stuff like that, like, that's different. <laughs> Shut up, and then, man. Like, okay, and then right, Samus... But, but that's, not even, that's not even true. That's not even true, because, you know what? I got through about a quarter of that on 100 lives. It's a hard game, you're right. It's a hard game, but it's, just, it's just leveling it out. A little bit. Okay. I, but Samus... TJ, say, argue some of yours, because I don't... What is let, your... Yeah, sorry. Let TJ... <laughs> Dude, uh, let TJ go, because he didn't, he didn't get a chance while we were no, arguing. No, you're good. Because, yeah. like, the Samus cheat, I, I... I... It's amazing. Like, it, just like you, I thought it was... Uh, like, I'm sure 98% of people... I'm 99% of people. 100% people thought it was a male. You know, that's just how it was. And that's what sucks, is, like, when that happened... It, it sucks how you're like, holy shit, how awesome that is. Sorry for cursing, guys. But, like, that's what sucks about because then you're just like, what? That's great. And they didn't – they kind of didn't even take off from that. She was, like, the only female person you had at that time for amount of time, which, which, which hurts because it was such one of those cheat codes. And it happens, and you're like, you're like we just beat the game in two, in two hours. This is great. We're going to get this cheat. And you look, and you're like – Oh my gosh, she got a ponytail. It's a she. That's amazing. Like that's great. Time. But at the same time, it's like that hurts. You should give him a minute. Man. Yeah, I'll TJ, we'll yeah. give you another thirty seconds. Go ahead, finish up. Yeah, yeah, thirty seconds, sorry. Yeah, so like that was the Samus thing. And then with the Solstice thing, it's it's to a game that's already hard as it as it is. So when you give yourself extra lives, you don't like you might like cherish those. But you're definitely going to be like, oh, I got this many. I can definitely, like, do this. And, like, you're supposed to strategize. Like, so there's something to give you, like, 10 lives? Cool. 25 lives? Cool. 99, at the same time, already pulling your hair out. You're going to pull your hair out even more when you get through, like, 50 of those. Like, I'm already through 50 lives? Why does that happen? Samus, a great cheat for its, like, being iconic and what it brought, well, kind of brought to the table. But it's something that... It's you beat the game in two in in two um, hours. You get that, um, like yeah, it's iconic and it's it's a great step forward. But for the game, like to just play as an unarmored, it's hard to it's hard to argue against that actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cal. Um, quickly, you got any facts? Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. Oh, you're playing so the game actually, as a girl Cor now. That's great. Cor Cor Corey was right actually that um, in addition to the the graphical change. That password will let start you in this last board. You'll have five energy tanks, 255 missiles, uh, the, the various suit, high jump boots, screw attack, the wave beam, crade. <coughs> so basically you have – and the, the, the crate and Ridley are already beaten, and the path to the last stage is open. So like, it basically does everything for you except you started the last stage is what Corey said. Uh, that, again, that, when I did that code, that didn't happen for my game. Well, that's what happens according to this, all the things I've been reading. <laughs> Um, I remember I played it. Okay. Um, I must have a glitch. <laughs> all right, Tom. What do you got? What you what you're saying in the chat, and what do you think? The chat was probably the most active in this question, as it has been the entire episode. A lot of things were thrown out. Infinite air and Echo the Dolphin. Oh, uh, yeah. We had rare candy glitch Pokemon, which there was also a discussion on whether glitches glitches versus cheats, whether glitches count as cheats. Oh, that's uh, the, a great one. 
the head sheets for the head sheet for Goldeneye, uh, God mode from Doom was brought up. Uh, Edward, a lot of support for you. And let's see, anything else? And there were, Kimber says she chooses the cheat code where you find out that Edward has been Casper Van Dien the entire time. What, what, yeah, Kimber. he has Cat, he's, he's Casper Van Dien. Kimber, he's Casper Van Dien. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, he's Casper Van Dien. We, 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 I'm sorry. I hate you for your yeah, I, I'm sorry. Huh? Yeah, 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 sorry. Van <laughs> Dien? Yeah, yeah, he, he is. We we're, we're sorry, Kimber, to pull that on you. We don't want to keep oh that. Oh my point. gosh, Rico! Oh fudge! <laughs> <laughs> oh fudge! <laughs> okay, it's the only safe word I can use right now. <laughs> All right. Um, Although I would like the cheat code. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Now to me. They took down Edward. They took them down. They took them down. Edward. I once once Cal found out what Cal Core was saying, they took you down. So to me, it came down between uh, Corey and TJ. While I was about, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was about to actually text Cal and tell him, man, maybe we should just let TJ rest because he got to, you know, he, you know, he did, he left out for a minute. But that guy, when I, I literally pushed delete because TJ came in swinging and he just knocked Corey the heck out. I mean, he like, he punched Corey like in the, he couldn't even get back up. He actually, Corey told him to shut up. So to me, TJ came back in and just blew everybody out. So to me, TJ won this. So yeah, TJ won. Okay. Um, yeah. So that. Uh, that yep that that makes it TJ three uh, Edward one and unfortunately Corey zero. Yeah, Cal, what, Cal, what you think? Do you agree with me? Uh, yeah, I, for me it was actually between uh, Ed, uh sorry uh, Corey and TJ. Uh, I think Corey had a more passionate argument for. I mean, TJ started out really hot with his argument about the game itself, but knocking him down. I think Corey's like was pretty good. Um, yeah, Corey was like Corey good. For his game. He expl- Corey painted the picture for his game really well, saying, like, you couldn't really do this on three lives, then you learned as you progressed your lives. But the thing that TJ said that got him for that was saying, like, oh, like, hey, I, if I die once, I still have another 98 lives. It's okay. I can do whatever I want. But Corey did say it was a learning process. So it was a good seesaw argument there. Yeah, it was. But he, he just kept knocking him down. Corey, would, Corey told him to shut up. I was like, oh, wow, Corey. <laughs> Tell him to shut up. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I, made it, I made it so he could have more time. I didn't tell him to show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I took my non-existent half a hat off to you. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. With that said, uh, we're going to the PvP round. But before we go to the PvP round, let us tell you. I want to know about the poll. Oh, poll. Sorry. sorry. I'm so excited <laughs> to show this. <laughs> so the, the poll, Whistle and Mario 3 and Samus were both tied at 33%. And through the magic of random Twitter rounding, B Select from Solstice won with 34%. That's right. What? It's actually all 33.3%, but Twitter rounds it weird. Um, <laughs> I actually like I voted. I, awesome. Corey, I voted. I, was, I think I was the last vote to make it that, and I made. I voted for you, Corey. And oh. uh, it actually went to awesome. 33%. So your vote is weighted, huh, Cal? Possibly. Well, Corey, I, I got the weighted vote. Corey, you won the fans, man, so you can take that to the bank. But you did well, yeah, man. You fought well. And Corey, you also won in spirit because if you did take that point, we'd have to go to a tiebreaker and we had a chance it could have been take cover. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. So you, you should be happy. So am I staying on? I'm I'm staying on to health, right? Yeah. Yes. 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 But before we go to PvP, Cal, let's tell them what they're gonna win. But you want to announce what the, what it's called, and I'll explain what it is. Oh, I'm gonna. Okay. You can announce what it's called. You've been waiting for this forever. I don't want to take it away from you. Okay, people, we have invented something so well. We have called. We invented something, and what you're going to get now is the Ford Mazda 3000 right here in my garage. Um, nah, I'm just playing with you. You're not getting that. I don't. <laughs> we don't have that money here. Um, nah, but seriously, we're here to give you. Um, we're gonna. We invented. Me and Cal got together, and we are going. Whoever wins the PvP round in this fight will win something that we call the source code. Cow. Okay. So coincidentally, the name of this episode is called the Game Breaking Glitch. So if you win this, you will obtain the source code. What is the source code? Well, that gives you the ability to hack the Gamer Grudge champion. So a new champion will be determined on the, thing on the December 14th episode of Gamer Grudge. Basically, what this lets you do is hack the champion. So whenever the champion is present, either in the chat or fighting, you can challenge the champion, hit him, challenge him or her directly to a PvP glitch. So you can go glitch them directly to a PvP round and just take away the belt if you beat them in that PvP round. So you're, you're circumventing Ooh. all the, the, the first four rounds. And anytime there, they can be in the chat, they can be fighting themselves, you know, in, in that fight. And whoever gets that, that, that round at the finals, you can just go against them right away and do one single PvP and take away the championship that easily. Um, so if you do win this, you can glitch the champion, and it brings you directly to a PvP, PvP championship fight, but it does have a one-year expiration date. So once exactly. today, you have one-year expiration. Also, in the championship fight, here's the what, here's the rules. If I win, you can automatically use it. But if Kim or Tom wins, you cannot use it. You got to give them a chance to earn it. But if it's me, you got to automatically try it. So, all right, are we clear? Yeah, now. You're happy Clear. to get that, aren't you? You want So it, now we are going to the oh, PvP head-to-head yeah. -head round. Player one versus player two. All right. <coughs> Dai, I'm going to ask you, I want to ask one question. Um, I want to see, um, what is, I want to ask, what is your favorite game character? Well, well pick a game character. Not favorite, pick a game character. Any. Who is this character? I'm sorry. Pick any character. It doesn't matter. Just pick one that pops up in your head. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, let's go with Pikachu. All right. Luke, Luke Price? Oh, sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't know I was a part of this. Okay. Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, I know the character's name. I know who he is. I just I cannot remember his name. If you can give me just a, like a few seconds. All right. Bye. <laughs> what, game, what game are you talking about? It's a uh, Dongan Rompa. Uh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's uh, Hajime Hinata. He's one of my favorites. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. My question is: um, Seeing that Thanksgiving around the corner, which one of these characters would make the best turkey? <laughs> yeah, buddy. I'm saying my character will make the best, uh, best, uh, wait, wait, so we're going to give you guys each, uh, two minutes, and then you get a one-minute rebuttal round. So, All right. since TJ answered first, you can choose if you want to go first, or you want him to go first. <laughs> he can well, go he first. got the lead. All right. All right, Luke Rice, you have two minutes of decoration. All right. Okay. Here, start. 
Okay, now. so, yeah. Okay, Hinata Giga, first off, he's a, he's a human. He has hands to cook with. He can use an oven, he, he can reach them, he can do all the stuff for the ingredients and whatever. There, is, she's human. That's one of the things, so that's a big thing. Another thing is, inside the Danganronpa world, there are characters who are ultimates. Uh, they're the ultimate personification of a certain skill or whatever. Uh, like, uh, I think I told you this last, uh, last time about, uh, Hanamura, who was the ultimate chef at this, at this school, or a hoax academy. Uh, Hinata was, um, he was meant to be the ultimate hope, and by that, I mean, they did surgery on him, like, in his brain, too, to implant, uh, talents into him. So he became, like, he had almost every talent in that school. So I'm gonna guess that he has the ultimate chef talent as well. Okay. Alright. Yeah, I'm Um, I really don't know anything else. Alright. Alright, alright. We're gonna go. TJ! Yes, sir. What time? Alright. So. I think it's kind of rude that you don't think Pikachu can pick things up and cook things, put things in pots, and fill up a pot with water and throw some potatoes. Because guess what? Pikachu can. Pikachu can do a lot of things, including he could thundershock some, some oil and he could deep fry a turkey. Or if you can, your oven's acting up and you don't get enough heat in, you can't set that sucker to 425 and let it sit and get that turkey thawed out. Guess what? Thunderbolt. Boom! Turkey's thawed out. You get the oven. You don't even need the oven anymore. You get this great crust to your turkey. And Pikachu is definitely one of the best best friends you'll ever have. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to help you set the table. He's going to help you do everything you can to set up Thanksgiving dinner. You know the one thing about Thanksgiving dinner that pisses me off? Probably pisses a lot of people off. When you eat and there's a huge mess afterwards, guess what Pikachu's going to do? Pikachu's going to help you clean up because he does have hands. He can pick up plants. He can help you do some dishes. He can get some like hot water going with that electrical bowl. Get that going for you. Get the water going. Yeah, one electrical water doesn't really go together. But at the same time, he knows how to control it. He can make it so he doesn't let you you and kill you. Plus, you're probably wearing rubber gloves. So it all works out in the end. That's how Ash ended up holding Pikachu for a long time. But Pikachu would make the best roasted turkey. I don't need a character that's going to go who thinks way too much and has some chef stuff implanted where he's going to make a turkey with this and that and this and that and this. I need a turkey dinner with some stuffing, some yams, some, some cranberry sauce. Give me something simple and Pikachu will nail that. And uh -huh. Pikachu is cute as shit. Alright, Cal, this is where they argue against each other, right? How many minutes? No, no, they, get? no they get their own rebuttal, so one minute rebuttal each. Oh, one minute rebuttal, okay. Alright. Right. I never said that Pikachu didn't have hands. I never said that. I said that Pikachu is not human. And I want to see proof. I want to see proof that, show me a moment where Pikachu ever actually handled a knife, where Pikachu ever actually handled a turkey, where he, had, where he handled an oven. Any of the equipment that you find in the kitchen, show me proof of that, and I'll buy that you can cook a turkey. Other than that, he can, yes, he can thundershock the thing out of it, but you're not going to, you might not get that nice crispy skin. On the other hand, you want to say that uh, the whole thing for the ultimate chef or the ultimate town, or whatever. Well, this is a question about who can make the best turkey, and by knowing how to how best to prepare it with the best sauce, the best stuffing, the best temperature, the best everything, you're going to get the best turkey for Thanksgiving ever. That there's no question about that. TJ, your turn. Make it, make it good, man. 
Now, if you're, you're not going to get the best turkey. You're going to get what in his mind he constructed as something different. This isn't turkey. Let me do something. Hmm, what does that chef thing in my head got? Oh, let's do turkey with some of this. this no, you need something simple. And dipped has cooked a lot of things for rock next to the fire. When they eat those little white, those little rice balls, people too better had a hand in building those. He went out, he collected out, he collected all the ingredients for it, he brought it in, he gathers, he's a gatherer, he'll help you out, he's a buddy. Now, at the same time, like he's gonna do too much. Like you're gonna wanna put like salt and pepper in turkey. Don't put salt and pepper on that turkey. Yeah, it's gonna ruin the turkey. Don't put gravy on that. Like you, you, Thanksgiving dinner is supposed to be a, a plate of just mush all together, stuffing turkey. And guess what? Pikachu's gonna be right there, yumming, with me. And I'm gonna look at him, I'm gonna smile, and we're gonna have a really good time with your guy. I feel like he's gonna judge me the way I eat. You know what I mean? Because I'm gonna eat his turkey wrong. This is probably, it probably is this delectable turkey, but I want something, the best turkey is with the best company. Pikachu God. is the best company. God, thank God I got that out. <sighs> what you think, man? You're asking me? Um, I, when it came to arguments, I think, um, Edward had a better argument. He came out strong with like this guy. Like I didn't. I didn't. Honestly, I don't know about either character. I mean, I know what. I know who Pikachu is, but I didn't know about his character. But he explained it well, saying that this guy trained in the best of everything. Um, so he, he could probably. One of the things he had at the school is chef. So I think he had the better argument. Uh, um, TJ didn't really have much to say about uh, Pikachu besides like he, yeah, he, he has hands so he can cook. But when it came to rebuttals, I think TJ had a better rebuttal, saying like this guy is gonna try too hard to make and overdo things, and. Um, Pikachu is just gonna be like, I didn't know Pikachu went and got ingredients for rice balls and stuff for the episode, uh, for, uh, I didn't know that. But I guess he does that so he can do like simple things. And like what he said, it comes down to just having a turkey with your family and friends, and that's what Pikachu would do and make him happy. Um, but so I think uh, Edward had the be better argument, but um, TJ had the better rebuttal. So who you going with? Well, I, I have no idea. I, <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, because like, one, guy, one guy's clearly a better chef, but when it comes to feelings and, and like what you put into a turkey, I think Pikachu would make a better turkey just because it's simple and the love that's put into it, as opposed to the guy who'd be a perfect chef would make a probably a really, really good tasting turkey. I don't know, like I don't okay. know. I, I don't know his guy that well. I'm just, I just know uh -huh. that he can, really, he can cook well. So, gotcha. but the heart, the heart behind the rebuttal, I find like the art. I think Edward had the logistical argument, and TJ had the emotional, uh, the, the like the heartfelt argument. And that's how it, it was, you know, so do you take the heart or you take the mind? That's how you gotta go. Correct, correct, correct. Tom, what you think, man? Well, I, like most of the chat, was rather confused about what this question meant at first. I thought we were eating character as a turkey. So, <laughs> hashtag eat. Hashtag uh, but, but, uh, yeah, during the actual arguments, I think Edward put up a much better fight there. I think he gave a better argument as to why you would get the best turkey out of it. I think TJ just really wants to hang out with Pikachu for Thanksgiving and you know clean up with Pikachu. He wants to hang out, but I think Edward, he's gonna make the best turkey. He's already he's already talked about his person's cooking ability, whereas TJ kind of brought up rice balls and zapping a turkey, which is incredibly inaccurate. So <laughs> It's nice gonna. I was just hoping that he's 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 cooked before. I'm just stating he's cooked before. No, we've never seen him cook before. We've seen him gather ingredients. Oh, you we've never seen you him you've never seen a lot of things then. Oh, okay. But okay, I go with okay. I go with him. <laughs> All right, Corey. Um, for the most part, 
for the most part, I'm with TJ. And basically, that's because essentially, uh, Edward's argument came down to the guy's human and books. But I will say, I will say that that's a good argument. But it, I just think TJ argued his better. He played the game better. Oh, okay. Also, also, anybody who's ever seen Drawn Together knows that Pikachu can cook that and do all that Pikachu. stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was. Were you waiting for that the whole time? Uh, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know what? I at first I thought it just was just like cadastral. You know, I thought Tom TJ was like dead in the water. I was like, oh, man, no way he's gonna win this. But Tom TJ was like, I got this. I know what I'm doing. And when I heard his beginning argument, I was like, I don't know about this. And then. Blue Christ came in with the, started off good, but TJ came back with that rebuttal and started slamming them, saying, "You don't want he's going to try to make the perfect thing, and then if you don't like it, he's not going to like you." Eric, you know Pikachu, if you don't like the turkey, he ain't going to care. It's not like he on Thundershock you. So I gotta go with TJ. I'm sorry. It, he, uh, yeah. he, he, he 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 came out and did it so. TJ! I should let TJ go first with the rebuttal, then I could have given him a better one, but I... Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, TJ, you won the source code! Oh, my gosh, man. Cool, cool, uh, man. Uh, but, I can't wait but, to challenge no, no. all y'all. Hashtag Pikachu, hashtag Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, I'm sorry, this show went a little bit longer than what expected, um, but, but this is really a fun show. I thought this was a good one. Um, but, um, top TJ, what you, what you got to pull up, man? You the winner today. Win the source code. Yeah. Ah, uh, thanks a lot, guys. This, like I say all the time, this is always a blast. I have so much fun fighting on this. Uh, Ed, that was a hell of a fight. Corey, you are my man. You're my Skyrim guy. Uh, yeah, you guys can catch me at TJ Dex on Twitter. Uh, working on some stuff on YouTube, a little behind, but, uh, Getting stuff out there, and uh, guys, get a chance in about five minutes. Check out OSP and Odd Shape Channel. Um, they got the great uh, chill uh, Q and A tonight. So check them out. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Lou Chris, got your name oh, right. I was going to say this was a heck of a fight. I lost more than what I gained, so I'm not going to say that I gave a good fight, though. <laughs> I'm glad that I managed to get one point. I'm glad I managed to get one point. But then, dude, thank you for giving me that laugh with Pikachu. That was. No problem, man. <laughs> that was great. Uh, but as for other stuff, uh, the name's Luke Chris. That's L-U-C-H-R-I-S-E-D. And I am working with Let's Plays, other stuff hopefully soon. You can catch me on YouTube as well. Please check it out. It's some good stuff. Okay. Also, you should come on um, Eye Shape Panel. And, you know, they, they, they really want you on now. They're saying you look like Casper Pandine. Give <laughs> <laughs> me the likes these guys, and I'll see what I can do. All right. All right. We'll see you too, Gladly. man. Gladly. Um, Corey, man, my boy. What's up? The border darkness. Uh, <laughs> um, I am, uh, of course, at Geometroid on Twitter. Um, there it is. Uh, I am the host of the Tech Podcast, which is still a bit in hiatus until I get my new computer. But um, I'm also here on the Game Fixers. I am, I am basically Max Guy when he doesn't have a guy. He calls me in to do to do, <laughs> to do, to do this, um, which is fine. I, I don't mind. Uh, I'm I'm good at being the comic relief. 
Um, I'm also all over Buck's classics and all over his stuff, and so come and check us out. Um, that's pretty much it right now. Oh, Pogo. And I'd like to give a shout out to my guy Pogo at Pogo's Place. Go check him out mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube. Uh, and that's about it. All right, Tom. Thank you for coming in, man. Taking um the cold spot. Yeah, no problem. And uh, you can find me at Rotary Three on Twitter and at Zed Reviews on YouTube, where I do the show Cars and Popcorn. Which this Sunday we have a special edition where I'll have Billy in, Billy Pollahan in as a co-host, and we're going to go through Batmobiles over the years. And not only are we going through Batmobiles over the years, we're going over your favorite Batmobiles. So please tweet at me, get yourself on the list, and we'll. I'm going to take in a lot of callers, as many callers as I can, and tell me about your favorite Batmobile or Batman vehicle. All right, all right, cool. Oh, uh, 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 one more thing entered my mind, and my my teammates would kill me if I didn't mention it. Is it okay if I mention it? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Uh, okay, so also I'm part of a complete thing called Dust to Dust to Bridges. We do Ruby Bridge, so check it out if you guys want to. Alright. Ruby right, a bridge? Cool. Ooh. Yeah, Ruby. Ruby a oh, bridge. I love that. Under right. Dust to Dust Productions. Ooh. Okay, alright. We'll make sure we'll send it out. Go go watch that. Um, Cal, human cheat code. Sorry it took so long, man. <laughs> no problem. Um, so yeah, so right away you can catch me on Odd Shape uh, panel right after this show over on the Odd Shape channel. Um, I'll put, we probably have the tweets under uh, my Twitter at VirginJDejaVu. i got to go through a lot of stuff here. Uh, we have on Wednesday we have a new Encrypted. Unfortunately, I won't be there um, because I'm going to go watch Justice League. But I do have a little segment that I pre-recorded for you guys to check out on... Um, Wednesday, so Wednesday, 8 p.m. on Oddshape Channel. You can check out Encrypted. Um, on Sunday, I'll be there for um, Tom's uh, Cars and Popcorn. I don't know which Batmobile I'll select, but I'll be there. Um, and then the Monday after that, we have Aftermath. So we're going to be talking about some uh, Survivor Series, so going over Survivor Series. And then um, I think that's it for now. We're, but the new show I'm debuting on this Friday, it's not a live show, but I'll be uh, posting episode, uh, my episode after I record it called Flashpoints. So if you're a fan of the Flash show on uh, CW, I'm going to do um, a few facts. Nice, or awesome. Key, key points from the show, uh, key plot points, and I'm going to do it within, like, try to do it under five minutes. And so I'll be doing it in a Flash. So check out Flashpoint oh, starting cool, on man. Friday. There. <laughs> I, I am so there. I love that. That's awesome. Um, and follow me at Deja Vu. Yep, sorry. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Don't go. I'm going to make sure I watch it, too. Cause oh, I, and I, don't I, forget I, Saturday we have something, too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm not forgetting that. That's the big one. Oh guys, this is a big show. Um, but Saturday, uh, we got Charlie Phil. You guys know, I think this was the big show. I care about you guys. Yeah, this is a big show. <laughs> I love the show, but we got a good we got a we got I can't believe we got two big shows in a row. But today was great, but Saturday we got Charlie three, Phil. Three digital dice, don't forget that. Oh huh? Oh yeah, third this is the this is the third best show. Yeah, we three good shows in a row. <laughs> um but we have Charlie Feltman coming on on Saturday, and she's going to come step into the grudge ring, and she's going to make her debut. She's so excited to come on. We are grateful to have her on. So come back Saturday. If you love Charlie Feltman, come on Saturday because she will be fighting Kim and Nicole. Well, not Nicole. What time, Max? Huh? Time. Don't forget to say the time. Oh, I yeah. I don't know what time Act it is. Two. Act 2. At 2 o'clock. <laughs> 
Two o'clock. A fucking long we will time. go live and be there. Eastern. Two o'clock Eastern. Eastern time. It's one know. o'clock here in Central Time, buddies. Remember it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we're we're gonna do that and be there or be scared. Get your spot set up. She will be on. I'm hoping that she will be on. Um, Look at but... me. I'm Corey. I'm Corey. You can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> you can always tell we are having a good time. Oh, <laughs> uh, but with that said, um, with that said. I I am the Buck fan. Uh, also, I forgot to tell you, we are now on I we are now on the cloud, SoundCloud, and we will soon be on iTunes. So if you are a guy that likes to watch, listen to your like to listen to this on the go, go go to SoundCloud. I'll set the link up into Twitter. Go to SoundCloud. Go to Twitter, not Twitter on um, iTunes. Look up Gamer Grudge. Find us up there. We got all the th- everything up to the last episode. So uh, be there. And um, all right, but anyway, anyway, with that said, um, I'm the book fan, and I'm the book fan, and I am here. I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick butt. But anyway, I don't, I'm just okay. I'm the book fan. This has <laughs> been Game of Oh yeah, that was gonna. Sorry, Thomas, still in your line. Basically, all you want to say is until next time. Game on. Yeah. Game on. <laughs> game on. Hello, people. This is Matt Poole, a.k.a. Tampa Bay Buff Fan. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the show, please um, please like, subscribe, the podcast on um, iTunes. If we're on iTunes, Robert, we're going to be on iTunes and SoundCloud. So please subscribe to this. Also, if it's not a bother, also go subscribe to the um, Game Fixers channel. That's Game Fixers channel on YouTube. We do this show live. So this is actually the um, pre-recorded show that we already do live. So if you want to watch the show live, Come join us. We would love to have you there. Also, if you would like to be on the show, go to GG Game Fixers. Talk, um, say, I would like to be on the show, and we'll get you on the show. We'd love to have anybody. This is a show for anybody and anybody, anybody, anywhere that wants to be on the show. We'll make a way to get you on the show. This is a show for the public. You, the people, not stars. You, the people, are the people that help create Grand Grudge, and we want you to be the public. So, come on. And well, is there anything else? Yeah, um, go subscribe to the other people that help make the game fixers. That's Cal, Nicole, Joe Davis. Um, and um, go subscribe to their channels. We love help, they help us. We're gonna, they help me, so we're gonna help them. Subscribe to their channels, it's gonna be in the description below. Like I said, if you go find the game fixers, you're gonna find them. So, subscribe to their channels too. We want to help others. And like I said, don't forget, go subscribe to the iShape panel. They also help us a lot. So subscribe to them and go watch them. They're pretty cool. But, hmm, am I forgetting anything? Uh, no, I don't think. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, duh. Um, as I say every show, um, be, I ask you to be yourself. Keep playing video games. You know, be yourself. I said that twice. Crap. Oh, well. Anyway. Well, I'm just going to say it. Rudge on, people. Keep playing games. See ya.